According to RP on WJMS Media, powered by Black Ivy Media, it's your girl Rita Pierre, your host. And as always, I hope you guys are striving, thriving, and surviving in these streets. So guys, normally I have my cheerful intro in terms of happy Sunday, happy new week. But today is September 11th. And it's a day that will never be forgotten. It's a day that the entire world recognizes as a day of mourning. So for those of you who have no idea what September 11th is, and it's possible, it's possible that people are not aware what September 11th is. But on September 11th, 2001, at 8.45 a.m., Two planes hit the Twin Towers in New York City and it caused the the towers to collapse and about 3,000, if not a little bit more than 3,000 individuals lost their lives on that day. And so every year on September 11th, there are memorials throughout the, the country, even just paying respects and remembering those who lost their lives on that day. And this is a tragedy that affected everyone. It wasn't just, you know, white people, black people, you know, everyone across the board was affected. All communities were affected. And so today is a day that we remember those who lost their lives. We remember the service um, individuals, the service providers, the firefighters, the police officers, the EMTs who risked their lives to ensure that the lives of others were saved. Many of them lost their lives in trying to save people on that day. And so many of us remember where we were when all of this happened. I remember when September 11th happened. I remember, you know, we were in, the, I was in the library and next thing you know, everybody's like, turn on the TV, turn on the news. And we saw when the planes hit. So it's something that I will personally never forget. It's something that I know that the country will never forget. And so every year we just want to make sure that we pay our respects to those who lost their lives on September 11th. So today we are going to talk about sickle cell awareness, uh, September sickle cell awareness month. And so we have an amazing guest by the name of Sophie Laverin Lacant, who is a sickle cell warrior. She is going to talk about her experience and she's going to give us some basic understandings of what sickle cell is, how is it diagnosed, what kind of treatments are available for individuals with sickle cell, things of that nature. So I definitely want you guys to keep it locked. Um, there's so much positivity in Sophie's voice um, when it comes to just the outlook and the perspective of life with sickle cell. And what was even more, um, I don't know, heartwarming, I would say, is that Sophie conducted this interview while she was in the middle of a crisis in the hospital. So she is the real MVP and it just shows her dedication to the cause and for spreading awareness. And so again, 
definitely keep it locked for this amazing episode. But before we get into the meat of the show, we're only going to go through a couple of our preliminaries today because we want to make sure that we have ample time for Sophie um, and our conversation. So it is now time for our Urban Dictionary word or phrase of the week. Do you understand the words that are coming out of my mouth? May I have the definition? Um, what does keep keep mean? What's on fleek? Can you use it in a sentence? Popping on fleek, Jalit. And it's gonna be lit. Major key. It's time for the Urban Dictionary word or phrase of the week. So this week's Urban Dictionary word or phrase of the week is this you. This you is a rhetorical question asked usually on social media to embarrass them with an online content from their past if they ever contradict themselves or have a very unpopular opinion. Jake, you'll never catch me begging a girl to talk to me because she belongs to the street. Ashley, this you shows screenshot of Jake proving otherwise. This is definitely a term that people use. People are using this you. This is definitely a valid Urban Dictionary word or phrase of the week. I have used this you. Um, Everyone I know uses this you. And we use it for this exact purpose. (laughs) We use it for this exact purpose. We are using it to catch you in a lie, to embarrass you, to call you out. And I think that the, the bigger platforms for this that I've seen at least is Twitter. Twitter. I mean, people do it with, I think, you know, Instagram, but it's Twitter. People forget that people are watching when they tweet. Like sometimes I think when people tweet, they just think that it's just out there in the atmosphere or, you know, they they tweeted something from a few years ago and they do not believe that people will literally go into their tweeting history and catch them in a contradictory statement or whatever. Twitter is dangerous, guys. I use Twitter, but very sparingly. I am not on Twitter every single day. Um, I, you know, I'll tweet. I'm trying to get more into it, you know, because there is a community on Twitter. But Twitter can be very dangerous. And so if you are somebody who is controversial but does not stand behind your controversy, Twitter is not for you. Because I say this because many people, they'll come out and say, oh, I'm controversial. I don't care what I say. You know, if I say it, I say it. You know, I say it with my chest, whatever. But once confronted, you know, they're scurrying with their tail between their legs, right? Or they'll be like, nah, that wasn't me. Or they'll explain, give an explanation as to what that tweet was supposed to mean. All this extra stuff. They don't stand behind what they write. So my thing is, Nothing wrong with being controversial, nothing wrong with being an outlier, nothing wrong with being, you know, out there, right? However, if you're going to tweet and tweet controversial things, you know, make sure you make sure you stick to what you're saying. Don't flip flop because social media will catch you and will say this you with a screenshot. So that was the Urban Dictionary word or phrase of the week. I actually, um, I actually approve this one. This is this is on point. So, there you go. So it is now time for our Haitian Creole word or phrase of the week. So this week's Haitian Creole word or phrase of the week is "yo manjil." Yo ma. Jill or yo manje li, 
which essentially translates into they ate her or they ate him, which then translates to somebody killed her, somebody killed him, they killed her, they killed him by way of voodoo or black magic. Essentially, that's what Yomajil means. So this phrase has been going rampant throughout the week as we have received the news that Queen Elizabeth has passed away. Um, Black Twitter, Irish Twitter, I didn't even know there was an Irish Twitter, but Irish Twitter, apparently Indian Twitter, all the Twitters have come together to comment (laughs) on the Queen's passing. Now, there are people who are very sad and very troubled by the news that the Queen of England has passed away. But overwhelmingly, there seems to be sentiments of the contrary, particularly on Black Twitter, Irish Twitter, Indian Twitter, Caribbean Twitter, and all of the Twitters that represent individuals who are oppressed by British rule for God knows how many years. So the Queen ascended to the throne in 1952. So it's been about 70 years that she has been in power. And so many would say 70 years of Diga, 70 years of oppression, 70 years of tomfoolery, 70 years of distress, right? This is what the the Irish Twitters and the Black Twitters are saying. But the Haitians always seem to have their hat in the ring. Now, Britain had occupied Haiti in the 1700s. I don't know if it was 1793 or 1794, but Haiti was also under British rule for some time. So the Haitians decided that they too were going to get in on this Queen Elizabeth jabbing. And so Haitian Twitter was going crazy. Somebody had posted, Yo mangé Queen Elizabeth. They ate Queen Elizabeth, which we all know now after the definition, is that uh, they killed her by way of black magic. But then it's the thread afterwards that really sent people. Somebody then said, LOL, Megan qui mangel, meaning Megan is the one that ate her slash killed her through black magic. And then somebody posted, and this, this I think has to be my favorite one. For me, Princess Diana qui mangeait parce que c'est lui qui te voyait tuer Diana en France. Basically, what this means is the family of Princess Diana ate the queen, i.e. killed her by way of voodoo, because she is the one that sent to kill Diana in France. Now, we all know that this has been speculation for years, but, you know, the Haitians, we are number one in conspiracy theories. We are number one in perpetuating conspiracy theories. So (laughs) this person decided that, hey, this is what happened. This is exactly what happened. So this was the, the, the Princess Diana's family has finally sought revenge for the death of Princess Diana. Um, so yeah, so Yomangil has been running rampant through the Twitter feeds, through Haitian Twitter, um, through Instagram all week. (laughs) So I know when I posted it, a few of you were like, what does this mean? Translation, please. So this is, you know, this is what prompted today's, um, Haitian Creole word or phrase of the week. You're welcome. So before we get into the meat of the show, I actually wanted to address some of the comments that I have seen on Twitter and Instagram with regards to 
Queen Elizabeth's passing. So for those of you who don't know, Queen Elizabeth recently passed away at the age of 97. She ascended to the throne in 1952 and has ruled for 70 years. And she died on the throne, which is amazing, right? I mean, we have to give her her props for that. However, for as many people that may be sad and distressed that the Queen of England has died, because I mean, I guess she was good to some people. The overwhelming response and unity that I have seen on social media, in particular Twitter, regarding the death of the queen is interesting to me. I mean, there have been posts, you know, black Twitter unites with Indian Twitter. But I think the one that shocked me the most was Irish Twitter. I was not aware that there was an Irish Twitter. In fact, I'm still I'm still understanding you know, or trying to understand rather how this Twitter thing works. It, it took me a long time to understand what the hell a black Twitter was. I mean, people would refer to it, but I didn't understand this concept. I thought it was just Twitter and people tweeted, but you know, there's this black Twitter, but I, I understand black Twitter now. And I love black Twitter. Haitian Twitter is coming up guys. Haitian Twitter it's coming up. In fact, you know, we talked about we had our urban, not our urban, but we had our Haitian Creole word of phrase of the week from Haitian Twitter. But Irish Twitter, I, I didn't I was not aware that there was an Irish Twitter and maybe there was never an Irish Twitter and maybe Irish Twitter came together and, you know, for this particular cause being the death of Queen Elizabeth. But what I can tell you is this. I thought that black Twitter was 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 ruthless. But Irish Twitter, they are the true savages. I feel like they take the cake when it comes to savagery online. I have never seen such public disdain, such public, uh, I don't even know what the word is, <laughs> against anybody, to be honest, whose body is still, is still cold. Or the body is not cold yet. I think that's the saying. The body is not cold yet. Her body is not cold yet. The queen's body is still room temperature. And the amount of, I don't know, savagery around her death is just crazy to me. I mean, I saw a, a post of a football slash soccer. You know, America, we call it soccer. But, you know, football game where most if not the entire stadium was chanting Lizzie is in a box Lizzie meaning Queen Elizabeth there was the group of river dancers that went in front of Buckingham Palace and river danced to another one bites the dust um and this is just like the tip of the iceberg but the other thing that I was seeing is that there were so many posts on how black Twitter and Irish Twitter have united for this cause and what I wanted to say to that in particular was this. Black Twitter, I feel like it was only black Twitter that was saying that black Twitter and Irish Twitter have united. I don't think I saw any people from the Irish Twitter community post the same. Black people, at the end of the day, we have to remember that we're black. We have to remember that we're black. <laughs> and that... This little situation with the queen passing away and how everybody across the, you know, across the globe um, is, you know, sh showing their excitement for her death. And again, I can't discredit the reasons why they hate the queen so much and why they are so ecstatic that she's dead. Because, you know, 
It's been 70 years of oppression for many of these people, right? But I find that whenever there's, there are these, you know, like, I don't know, these quote unquote causes, there's this idea of unity. But guys, come next week, the racism will be back. The racism will be back. The unity will be no more. So we have to remember at the end of the day, we are still black. And so this this promotion of like love and unity at the, you know, expense of the death of the Queen Elizabeth, this is not real. Do not get caught up in this. The Kumbaya moment will will soon dissipate and we will go back to being, you know, the most discriminated group, right? The I, I'm not saying that I, you know all Irish people are um, are racist, but I'm saying this false sense of unity that we have all you know kumbayad and you know everything is all peachy keen again at the expense of the death of of the queen. Uh, it's false. It's a false sense of reality. I'm saying this because of what I've been seeing on social media from individuals who are like, oh, the Irish and the blacks are are, ba- are are together again. I don't know when you were ever together. I remember years of oppression at the hands of the Irish. Um, but this is what I've been seeing, you know, like, oh, our brothers, our sisters, we're back at it. But we're uniting because of a common, I guess, a common enemy, right? And that tends to happen, but it's it's not real unity. It's not real unity. And I just want us to remember this as we keep posting this tomfoolery that, you know, we're together again, or we are together and showing all of this love that we know is not real love. It's not real love. That's that's my opinion. You know, you could take it or you could leave it. But I'm just saying we need to stop getting caught up in this social media utopian fantasy. Right. The only reason that there's this connection, this quote unquote connection is that, you know, a common, I guess, enemy or hated individual has passed away naturally by the way, at the tender age of 97, this was not like, you know, a murder. This was not an assassination. The woman died at 97 years old. There is no shock there. Um, But for whatever reason, the world is expressing their feelings and it's fine. But I think that for us in the black community, we just need to remember that this too shall pass and we will go back to status quo soon. So let's just remember that. Either way, it is now time for the meat of the show. All right, everyone. I'm here with my very special guest, Sophie Laverne Leconte. Sophie, please say hello. Hi, everyone. (laughs) Sophie, thank you so much for being a guest on the show to talk about this very, very important cause. Yes, of course. So for those of you who are just now tuning in, September is Sickle Cell Awareness Month. And so every month we aim to have an episode that sheds light on what sickle cell is and 
basically what life is, um, you know, living with sickle cell and just to really dispel a lot of the myths that are out there. And so Sophie is going to help me today talk a little bit about uh, this particular cause. So Sophie, if you could just start off by telling us a little bit about yourself, you know, who you are, where you're from and what you do. Okay. Well, my name is Sophie Laverne Lacat. Um, I'm 35 years old. I'm married, of course, the hyphenated name, Laverne Lacan. <laughs> um, I have two kids, two wonderful kids. Um, my son, which is four years old, his name is Bo. And then my daughter, that's one. She just turned one, born on her father's birthday. Um, and her name is Belle. Um, I'm a stay-at-home mom now, but I did graduate with um, my bachelor's in healthcare administration. So I am in the healthcare field. I do love it. Um, I'm like I said, I'm a stay-at-home mom. Um, I can't wait to go back into the field. But yeah, that's really pretty much what I do. I always say I'm a stay-at-home mom, and that's a full-time job. Yes. <laughs> when there's no sleep, even when you're sleeping, you're working. Right. But, right. But yeah, um, that's me. So Sophie, you are a sickle cell survivor. And so there are several questions that I want to, I want to ask you with respect to sickle cell. You know, there are a lot of myths uh, about around sickle cell. And so just to really give people an understanding as to what exactly sickle cell is. So I'll, I'll start off first by asking you, you know, what is sickle cell? Okay. So sickle cell basically is a group like, okay, so Everyone has their hemoglobin, their red blood cells. I don't want to get into like the terminology to mm-hmm. like get lost. Okay, so everyone has um, their red blood cells, which carries oxygen to the body, right? Now, sickle cell, our red blood cells, if you have sickle cell, your our red blood cells is shaped as a sickle shape or shaped like a banana, which mm-hmm. where they gets the name sickle cell. And so it's shaped like a banana and a regular shape is a oval shape or a circle shape. And so when we get all those like stuck together or there's so many of them, that red blood cell doesn't have oxygen that carries through the body, through the organs and all, all those things. And that's what, that's why we have the sickle cell because our red blood shaped cells are not like regular shaped cells. And so that's where we get the sickle cell shape or the sickle cell name from. Okay. Okay. That, that makes a lot of sense. I'm actually happy that you broke it down like that because sometimes people might not understand sickle, but when you explain like she like a banana, I think people are now like, ah, okay, that's what it is. So that's very helpful. Now, how is sickle cell diagnosed? Because some people think that you could catch it, you know, like, so, so how is it diagnosed? Okay. So sickle cell you're, you can't catch it. It's not something you can catch. It's something that you're born with. Okay. So let's say, so for me, in my instance, my father and my mother, they have the trait. So they got the trait because one of their parents has the trait and they passed it along. They passed it down. So my father has a trait and my mother has a trait, which now gives me like, it's like a 50, 50 chance. My sister doesn't have sickle cell disease which is both the, the traits. So I have the disease because my parents both have the trait. They passed that disease down to me. So okay. I was actually born with it. It's not something that I catch or something. It's something that you have your entire life. 
Mm -hmm. Um, A lot of people don't get diagnosed with it. So a lot of people could say like, you know, I didn't realize I had sickle cell until I was three years old because that was their first crisis. Mm -hmm. But it's something that you're actually born with. Okay. Okay. That makes sense. Now, I guess how common is sickle cell? Is this, you know, we, we hear a lot about it in our, in the black community, but I don't think we still understand like how common is this, is this disease? Is it, is it actually a rare disease or is it something that, you know, one every household? It's very, very common. Like I, I always say it's so important, especially in the black community, like we hear all these myths, you know, black people don't like going to the doctors. They don't, whenever something's wrong, like there's always some cure, especially in the Caribbean mm-hmm. family. Like there's always some cure to whatever it is that you have. We have something that you can cure it, but it's so, so important to check your blood work, to check, to see, like, I always ask, I always ask, do you know your blood type? It's so important. Know your blood type. Know if you can give blood. Now, when you do check all these things and you see if you can give blood and you know your blood work, all that will be triggered. Everything comes down to just a simple blood work. Like you check everything. You see if you have sickle cell trait, if you have the mm-hmm. disease, if you have anything. It's just like to see if you're sick, if you have HIV, if you have anything is just through a blood work. Get your blood work done. Find out whatever you have, because it is very, very common, especially having the trait. The disease is like not so many people have it. It's very common to have the sickle cell disease, but the trait especially is very, very common that so many people have the trait and they don't even know it. I see. Now, speaking of the trait, is it something that, you know, so if, so your mother and your father both had the trait and so you and you ended up having the disease, you have a sister who has the trait, but not the disease, right? Correct. Correct. So, you know, interestingly enough, um, we had a guest last year who talked a little bit about this, um, but there was, I think some sort of uh, post on social media not too long ago that stated, you know, that should be a question that comes up when dating, whether or not someone has the sickle cell trait for the specific reason that I guess if somebody has a trait and they get with somebody else who has a trait, there could be a good chance that one of their children may have sickle cell. Mm-hmm. Okay. So inter- interestingly enough, so before I got, before I got married, before I, I was dating, before I was even dating my husband, I always was like wary. I didn't talk about me having sickle cell. It was just something that I was scared, I want to say, to talk about because Mm -hmm. I didn't want people to think that they can catch it, just like we just spoke about recently. Like, I didn't want people to think that it's something that they could catch or whenever I was sick, like, I'm not the type of person that's like, oh, I'm in the hospital, check on what, like, I don't like, I don't like stuff like that. So I didn't really talk about it. So fast forward to my dating life and then meeting my husband. So I met my husband while we were dating one of the first things we did when like we went out on a date and everything, I remember specifically we were at a park and I was like, cause I told myself next person that I tell that next person that I'm with period, I'm going to let them know exactly what they're getting into, you know, like, mm-hmm. because I don't want to date just to date. I want to date to marry. So I want this person to know this is what I have. I have the disease and I want you to check to see if you have the trait because I'm living with the disease. It was something very like if I did marry someone that had the trait, I don't think I would have had children. Right. And so 
when we were dating, we were, I remember we were at a park and I told him like, do you know what sickle cell is? I, this is what it is. I have it. Like, I would love to, to like, to know if you have it, get your blood work, get everything checked, checked out to see if you have it. Fast forward again, we went on another date. This is why he's my husband, guys. There's, there's some good guys out there. Don't, yes. don't give me a care, but there's some good guys out there. So he came and he, he came with this envelope or I don't remember, I think it was a box or an envelope and it was wrapped up. Date was over and everything. We're just chilling. And then he gave it to me at the end of the date. And I opened it and it was his blood work. Wow. He got everything done and he checked to see if I had, if, if he had the sickle cell trait. And he told me, he was like, I remember you telling me this, like when we went on one of our first dates, if I had the disease or if I had the trait and I wasn't sure. And I know this is something that, you know, you want to have kids and you're not sure if you, if we were to get married, if we were supposed to going to last or get married, if you would want to have kids with me. And he got the blood work done and everything. He didn't have to treat. And yeah, we're married and two wonderful kids later down the line. But yes. yeah. And he is an amazing man. He, me and him have been like, like great friends, sister, brother, friends, friends from the church for yeah. I think over 20 years now. So he definitely is is an amazing man. So I'm not shocked. I'm not shocked by this story, but you know what? <laughs> I don't think I knew that last detail about the uh, about the box. I knew about the park, but I didn't know about the box. Kudos to you. Kudos to you, hubby. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So I think that I mean I think that's really important, and I and I'm really happy that you shared um, th- this in a sense because I feel like there are individuals just like you who feel the same way, right? Who are not really sure like what to do. But I think this is a testament on when you step out on faith, um, what comes to, what comes your way. So I'm really happy Mm -hmm. that you shared that. So I want to kind of go into now some of the challenges that individuals who are experiencing sickle cell may face. Um, You know, again, because there are so many uh, theories out there, there's so many myths out there, but I think most people really don't understand what the day to day life of an individual with sickle cell looks like. You know, we hear things like, you know, this person is in crisis, but we don't know what that means. So could you take through like what some of those challenges are that, you know, people face on a day to day? Um, Okay, so I'm going to we're speaking about me so i'm gonna speak about me every i do want to say everyone's journey with sickle cell is different just like everyone's journey through life is different every like we might end up in the same path the same road we might end up in the same destination but our journeys are different now living with sickle cell for me when i was younger i didn't i didn't get sick i didn't really get sick like that um in high school, once in a while, I would get sick. Um, college, that's like towards the, I want to say my junior year of college undergrad is when I really started to get sick. Sophomore, junior year, because my I had two majors. I was, one of my majors was nursing and healthcare administration. Now I was in the nursing program and I had to drop it because I got so sick so frequently. It was so bad that I couldn't even handle like both of my majors, both mm-hmm. of my classes, I had to drop one of my classes. Now getting married and having kids, kids do put, I, want, I don't want to say kids. I take that back. I say stress. Stress puts a level of, you know, 
it brings it brings up crises like you get you get more pain you get stress period stress is not good for you they talk about this everywhere like stress is not good right. for you period now imagine having this disease and you're dealt with life stresses that you can't run away from but you have to deal with it so living with so with me now and having children it's 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 stressful i try to keep my stress level down I try to meditate. I try to do as much things, as many things as I can. Listening to music, I journal a lot. I have a blog. I like I write whatever I can do to level me getting like to level the stresses of me getting sick. I do, but it is it is hard. I'm not gonna say it's not hard. It is hard, um, but you do whatever you can do so you won't get so you won't get or you so you won't be living with a crisis like for like a week like this full disclosure i'm in the hospital right now doing this interview she's like the, the real going- mvp <laughs> so she is the real mvp i hit her up and she's like i'm in the hospital but i can still do it <laughs> whatever Farida, yo whatever no but like i'm in the hospital still like i'm going through a crisis right now but i try not to like let it like deteriorate me or like leave me down because when it is like this it's even it's even it's even worse like so me being in the hospital me having being away from my kids that even adds to the stress and you don't want your crisis to last longer than it actually has to so you do things and you meditate and prayer having faith believing in god knowing that whatever you're going through right now especially when we're in crisis because it's 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 excruciating pain it's excruciating pain it's like your bones are breaking it's it's excruciating pain but knowing that this too shall pass like literally this too shall pass it gets you through it literally gets you through wow so I'm like, wow. I'm like, I felt like, you know, I felt like the power in your voice when you were talking about that, because I know it's not easy. I've, you know, gone through school with some very good friends who also um, have sickle cell and going to the hospital with them, like in the middle of the night, like out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, so, you know, it's, it's, it's very, it's very, very intense, but I, I, I love, you know, your, your positive outlook on it, right? Like it, it this too shall pass. And I think that yeah. that's something um, that, you know, those who are tuning in, who will have sickle cell or who are parents of children with sickle cell, like, I think that's something that they, that's a mantra that they should say every day just to yeah. make, you know? Yeah. So with respect to now treatment, right? Because sometimes people are wondering, well, you know, is there a cure for sickle cell? Is there, you know, is there some sort of like treatment regimen that will help you to kind of, you know, deal with this on a, on a daily basis? Like what does treatment really look like for individuals with sickle cell? And is there a cure? Okay. So what, there, there isn't, there isn't a cure. Like there isn't like, you have sickle cell, we have a cure. There isn't a cure for sickle cell, but there is treatment. Um, but there is like different testing and everything that's been going on. There is um, this newest thing, well, not newest, but bone marrow transplant that's, I have I have read and like been doing my research, but I have read that it has cured a person with sickle cell. It is a very strenuous process though. Like it's, it's, it's a lot. But I mean, 
depending on how bad just you are living with sickle cell, you outweigh it. Like, would you want to go through something like that? Or would you be okay living with sickle cell if you don't have as many crises as, you know, as let's say someone else might have one. But um, there are treatments. There's, like I said, the bone marrow transplant treatment. There's um, different med- medication. There's hydroxyurea. There's this new medication, oxybrita. There's um, another medication that they give through the IV that you get once a month. Um, it's supposed to help with your hemoglobin levels. Um, there's folic acid, penicillin that you take, you know, as you're a little kid, um, vitamin B12. Like there's so many different medication and treatments that help you with the crisis. So you won't get as many crises. And yeah, that's what they have so far, but they are still doing different things. Okay. And so for parents who, you know, may either suspect or believe that their child uh, may have sickle cell, what doctors, um, I guess, deal with these particular patients? Okay, so if you if you are pregnant and you suspect or you might have the trait and or your husband or your spouse or whatever might have the trait also, or they do have the trait and you might suspect that your child might have um, sickle cell, you do your blood work, of course, and you get with an oncologist. An oncologist is also a cancer, um, a cancer specialist or a cancer doctor. I, I'm not, don't quote me and come back and be like, she was saying this. <laughs> don't quote me exactly. But um, yeah, an oncologist because sickle cell is a blood, is a blood disease. So mm-hmm. therefore you deal with an oncologist. Um, you get with an oncologist if, because me, I wasn't diagnosed. I wasn't diagnosed until I was six months old mm-hmm. and my, my parents had, my parents had, I had an older sister that did pass away from sickle cell. Okay. Um, yeah, she was so, she, she passed away when she was in Haiti. Um, it's, it's crazy. She was supposed to be coming to America that week and she passed away. Unfortunately, she passed mm-hmm. away that week in Haiti, but yeah. So is they say, they say one in four, like if, if both of the parents um, have the trait and let's say they have four kids, it's usually one or two of the four kids would have the full disease. So for my parents that have the do- a daughter that passed away and then had me that had sickle cell, it was a shock to them. Mm-hmm. It was, it wasn't something that was known, you know? So when I, when I was getting sick, like I was born in the U S of course. And then when I was, they said I was crying and I, I couldn't stop crying. I was everything they did. I had fevers and I was six months old. So they had brought me to the hospital that I was born and they could not find out what was wrong with me. So they transferred me to the, that hospital, then transferred me to another hospital. And then that oncologist and everything, they did testing. And then that's how they found out that I had sickle cell disease. I see. Yeah. Okay. So an oncologist. Okay. So I want to talk a little bit about now the myths that surround uh, sickle cell disease. And I'm pretty sure you're familiar with all of them. And so one of the biggest ones that I've heard is that individuals with sickle cell do not live past 30 years old. Mm -hmm. 
Now, is that something that is common? Because I know you're 35 and my friend as well, who has sickle cell, she is 38 years old and she has, you know, kids as well. So I guess my question is, is it common that people do not live past 30 and that you guys are the outliers or Mm. is this a myth? It's definitely, definitely, definitely a myth. Um, I want to say back in the day, before before anything really, before they knew what any disease really was, there was like there was no understanding of what it was. How old? How old would you be if you like if you had this disease? How old would you would you be able to have kids? All these myths. There's so so many myths. But of course, I'm 35. I have two beautiful kids. Um, your friend is 38. I know. I know a couple people that. Well, not a couple, but I do have some family members that have the trait and they have kids that are that have the disease as well. So it's definitely, definitely a myth that you don't live past a certain age. So that's a myth. And the other myth that ties into what we just talked about was that women cannot or should not have children if they have sickle cell. Now, again, you've, you know, you have two beautiful children and my friend as well, too, has two beautiful children. But is this something where, again, you guys are, you know, the outliers or is this a myth? Okay. It is, it is a myth that you cannot have kids if you have sickle cell disease. Now, what they do recommend, and even as myself that have sickle cell, what I do recommend is if you do have sickle cell disease, or even if you do have the trait, um, make sure you see, you see a doctor. If you do want to have kids, like if you're planning on having kids that you do see a doctor because with sickle cell, our hemoglobin, our blood, we're like, everything is not quote unquote normal or as the normal person's um, blood work would come out to be. So having kids that stresses out the female's body period. Right. So (laughs) imagine like an unknown, like for a, for a, for when we have kids, for when females have kids, it's a foreign object or whatever that's in the body. So it stresses us out. Mm-hmm. So once that, once we do have kids or once we do become pregnant, it is very, very important to keep in touch with your doctor. Don't miss appointments, set appointments, let your doctor know whatever you're feeling. Um, you will have, preg- for me, when I had both both of my kids, it triggered a lot of, lot of crisis. And it was a scary moment, but once again, you have these doctors, you're not going to die. Like everything will be okay. Just pray. Of course, no matter what you pray Mm -hmm. and you keep in touch with your doctor, you keep in touch with your appointments and everything else. Okay. Okay. And so the last big myth that I hear is that sickle cell only affects the African-American community. And is that true? Is it only black people? It's not true, but you know what? Like I want to say when I was younger that I didn't know much about it and they don't really discuss, they didn't really discuss much about it. And I, so I did also believe that it only affected black people. So when I was younger, there's this, um, at the hospital that I went to, um, there was this, um, camp that they do every year. So it was for every, every blood disorder for kids, um, leukemia, sickle cell, cancer, whatever it was. And so there was this girl, she was, well, she didn't appear to be black, 
as 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 when you're younger and you see kids, you as a child you only see black or white, right. you know. So as a child, she wasn't quote unquote black. So she appeared to me like white or she wasn't black. And so she had sickle cell. And that was the first time I was just like, wait, what? Like mm-hmm. someone that's not like me has sickle cell. And um, the counselors that were there, oh, amazing, amazing. The counselors that were there, they, they made sure they sat us down. They explained to us whatever disease you were there for, for that camp. They made sure to sit you down and talk to you and tell you all these myths that are out there and, you know, tell you the truth of what it is, what's true and what's false. But it all, it does affect other, other nationalities, black, not only blacks, but um, Indians have it, Puerto Ricans have it, Spanish people, it affects different races, but not as much, not Caucasians as much, I want to say. Okay. Okay. So it sounds like individuals with sickle cell can live full lives that, you know, obviously there's, you know, restrictions where, you know, and you have to be prudent about certain things, but it's, mm-hmm. you know, you can still live a full life. You can still be married. You can still have children. You can still travel and you can still, you know, live a full life. Yes. Yep. You sure can. I'm right. living testimony of it. Yes. <laughs> so I want to kind of get toward, you know, I guess as we're nearing toward the end of this um, conversation, you know, what advice would you give to individuals who are currently experiencing sickle cell, right? Because we know that the road can be very, very rough. And we know that, you know, if, you know, faith is really important Faith is there to, you know, help people push through, but maybe there are individuals who either, you know, are not necessarily believers, but, you know, in a sense still need some kind of like motivation, inspiration to keep pushing forward. You know, what advice would you give to these people? The advice I would personally give is do not give up. Like whatever it is, whatever it is, is that you want to do in life period you just don't give up don't let a disease or something that you were born with whatever it is especially since we are talking about sickle cell if you do have sickle cell don't let this disease even though it it there are there is a lot of um speed bumps in the road that sickle cell will place in your life but at the end of the day they're just speed bumps you just mm-hmm. slow down and you get right over it. You get right through it. Do not worry. Don't stress. It's easier said than done, of course. But keep a, keep a mindset afloat where, you know, things happen in life. No one's perfect. Don't think that, oh, why me? Why me? Don't sit in the why me and sulk in the why is this happening to me? Why can't I do this? Why can't I go there? Because I used to be like that. I'm not going to front. I used to be like that where I was I was always the soccer. Like, I can't do this. I can't do that. Why is this happening to me? And even to this day, I have days where I'm, I'm overwhelmed. But at the end of the day, time waits on no one. So therefore, don't sit there and let time pass you by. Enjoy life. Do things. Remember, these are just speed bumps slow down and get through it tomorrow's another day if you can't do something don't force yourself to do it it's okay to calm down to lay down to 
to do whatever you want to do during that day. If you want to sleep, if you want to eat chips during that, like whatever it is you want to do that day, it's okay. Tomorrow is going to happen. Just make sure you get up and you move on. Do not sit there and sulk. That's what I have to say. I love it. I love it. Of course. And so as we are talking about raising awareness, right, I know that September is the Sickle Cell Awareness Month and we take these opportunities to educate, motivate and inspire individuals. But we need to be raising awareness 365 days a year, right? It can't just be in the month of September. So in what ways do you think the community can better raise awareness for sickle cell? Um, I would say, like I said before, get your blood work done get your blood work done. It's very, very important. Donate. Once you, once you find out that you can donate blood, it is so, 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 so important to donate blood, especially as like, I, of course I can't give blood because I have sickle cell, but as a sickle cell patient, as a sickle cell warrior, we get blood transfusions all the time. That's one of the treatments actually like getting a blood transfusion. It helps with our blood clots. It helps, it helps us live life period. So if you can donate blood, do that. It helps. It helps. It helps donate blood. Talk about it. Find out if you do have it, like, um, volunteer at hospitals. Like that's something I used to do. I do want to go back and doing it. Like I used to, I volunteer. I went back to the hospitals that I was, I was a patient as and went to camp. I went there and I volunteered and I was there for the kids that have sickle cell and I have sickle cell. And so for them to see someone, you know, like talk to them and be like on their same level, like I can, I can do this. Look at you. Look at you. They mm-hmm. think I'm old. I'm only 35, but they'd be like, look at you, this 35, <laughs> 35-year-old. But no, seriously, go ahead, volunteer, um, donate blood, talk about it, find out if you have it. Um, yeah, and raise awareness, find, like, talk about it, find out more information. I love it. And I, I love the fact that you stress donate blood because I find that in our community, especially, we are not necessarily on the donating blood wagon. Yes. And so for a disease that that you know disproportionately affects black people, your blood donation can save lives, as you said. It assists people in living, it assists our people in living. And so donating blood is imperative. So if we can donate blood donate blood. I think I've donated blood maybe a few times in my life. You know, in, in college, they were always trying to take your blood for, yeah. for, for, for some movie tickets, you know? <laughs> but, you know, as an adult, I think that a lot of us kind of, you know, we haven't either been presented with opportunities, but I think, you know, going out of our way to donate our blood is critical. And I'm so, I'm so happy that you talked about you know, that blood transfusions are a big part of your treatment. And so hopefully with that information, more of us will actually go out to donate blood. Yes. Yes. Okay, great. Well, Sophie, I am so happy that you, I mean, I'm, I'm excited that you, that you took the time, but the fact that you're in the hospital and you were like, I'm (laughs) still doing this interview, I think just goes to show how much you care about, you know, inform- the information sharing, the awareness, and, you know, sh- just sharing your life story to hopefully save the life of somebody else or inspire others. So thank you of so course, much. Of course. 
thank you so much for having me. Thank of you so course. much. I love you so much. You know, yeah, of course, of course. You're my you're my sister friend, my sister friend. <laughs> so, you know, before we end, I know that you mentioned the blog and I know that you have a blog. And I would love for you to share those details so that individuals who may want to kind of learn more about you and your journey, maybe they might want to share it with someone else who is currently, you know, experiencing um um, you know, a sickle cell or, you know, a, a, a parent who has recently been told that their child has sickle cell. I think that your blog would definitely motivate and inspire. So can you share those details with us, please? Of course. Okay. So, um, one day I was just sitting down and I was like, you know what? I need to tell, I need to tell my story. I need to actually talk about living with sickle cell, especially because I haven't done that. And I was so scared once in a, once in a, once upon a time in my lifetime. So, um, I started, I love to journals ever since I was a little girl. I love to journal. I love to write about whatever I'm feeling or experiences, like if I'm in pain or if I'm in crisis. So I decided to start a blog. It's called a warrior's journey.net, a warrior's journey.net. Um, and it's basically talk about my life and different situations um, growing up or even been on vacation and experiencing crisis overseas, how that was. Um, just different different life experiences and different, different points in my life, different journeys throughout my journey of life. Um, I've written about, I'm still writing about. And so I started this blog and I'm journaling through it. So I hope you guys enjoy it and read upon it. <laughs> Definitely. Thank you. And, it, you know, it's 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 crazy because, as you mentioned, experiencing a crisis on vacation, I remember that we were on vacation uh, yeah, uh-huh. in a foreign country. And I remember we were all just like, what is going on? Like, what's happening? This is not America. And I remember that that was such a crazy time for you. Yes, it was. Yep. Yeah, I, I remember that. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So I so now I have to go through the blog, right? <laughs> and try to and then catch up in a sense. But again, thank you so much, Sophie. Um, is there a is there an Instagram handle that people, you know, sometimes people want to know, well, I want to follow her. I want to actually, you know, so is there an Instagram handle you can share? Yeah, my Instagram is Miss Lacan is M R S dot L E C O N T E at Miss Lacan. And that's my Instagram handle. All right, great. All right, great. Again, Sophie, thank you so much for, for being here and just being such an amazing sport and just, you know, sharing your, your being vulnerable with us, right? Just being vulnerable and really just sharing your life story and educating us. Um, I definitely would love to have you back on the show at some point for like some updates, some life updates. <laughs> I'm here. I'm here. <laughs> all right. All right. So everyone, thank you so much for tuning into another episode of According to RP on WJMS Media, powered by Black Ivy Media. It's your girl, Rita Pierre, your host, and I will talk to you guys next week. You were listening to According to RP on WJMS Radio. About time you tuned in. Tune in each and every Sunday. Can't wait to come back. 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. It's all online.